in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Everyone and welcome to another brand new episode of Topic Thunder. Here from the Top Ten Show, I'm John Roca, and I am Matt Nost, and uh, we are excited to be doing another week of Topic Thunder. This is a show that we do for our patrons over at patreoncom forward slash the Top Ten with the number ten, and uh, there is an email address there that they can rifle in any kind of question topic that they'd like us to talk about. We don't know what it is beforehand, and uh, it's a surprise each and every time, and it is a lot of fun. And it John, is. I believe it's your turn to start. All right, let's pick up where we left off last time, and that's with Tim Williams. Uh, I'm going to try to read this whole thing without an Australian accent, but Tim is sending us in uh, something. Here's the home of Schweppes, Australia, is what he says he is here. Uh, Tim Williams, good day, Matt and John. Hope you blokes are doing well. Guys, today was the final episode of ESPN's Highly Questionable. Uh, he sent this back on Friday, September 10th, when Dan Levitard left. He said, this until Poppy and Dan left, NBA on TNT and PTI were my favorite basketball shows. I used to watch most NBA shows on ESPN, but I actually hate most of them now and glad to see them go cough the jump. Just yesterday, Paul Pierce came out and said he wasn't a good fit there. You can't talk about most things and you have to talk about LeBron. That kind of shows well to me at least. Uh, so not only listen or watch a few things, Matt, I'm not kissing your ass, but Drop Dimes is my favorite. Uh, it's because it has no agenda and it's not biased. The TNT fellas are a must watch and I'll maybe catch a PTI every now and then. John, I drop into the game, into game time during an NBA discussion to get that, uh, nosed bloke on more. He knows his stuff. Well, I'd love to, but he's always busy those afternoons. As a kid growing up in the nineties, we only got NBA game of the week and NBA action with Jim Fagan every Saturday night. My older brother and I had every episode on VHS tape. I used to watch the Reggie Lewis holding court episode. I remember those on repeat. Loved Reggie Lewis. The mid to late 90s in Australia, we got cable TV and had ESPN. It blew our minds to be able to watch the games live and see highlights from other games. Not needing to read the paper the next day with just the scores and no other information. No internet or only dial-up internet back then. Thank God for it today and YouTube. I often put an old game on in the background. Watch Pistons versus Magic from 1995 the other day. Grant Hill and Penny going off was beautiful to watch. But this brings me to my question. Finally, what were some of your favorite NBA shows today or way back when? Also, your favorite NBA TV show personalities or commentators, including ex-players. I used to love Dick Enberg and Steve Snapper Jones, but today you can't go past Chuck. Plus, I'm a Suns fan. Also, I love Ernie Johnson even more now that he is an Essendon Bombers man. Sorry for the longer letter than usual. Thanks again, Kent's Hooroo. Timothy R. Williams. I think he meant Jones. Um, Matt, so what are some of your favorite NBA shows today, or do you have any comments on this entirely long message from Tim? Um. There's nothing really TV wise that I tune into anymore just because you can get all that information elsewhere. Yes. Um, so there's not, it was back in the day. I remember the, the Saturday afternoon game when I was a kid, it was the oh, only yeah. national game. And, uh, you know, as a bulls fan at that time, it was the only way that I could watch mm -hmm, mm -hmm. more often than not to see uh, Jordan play. Yeah. Um, so I, I remember that distinctly and just being excited it was usually, though, like either uh, a Celtics or Lakers game on yeah. that national game, that, mm -hmm. but didn't care. Uh, I love that to pieces. 
Yeah. Uh, there was a ton more, but now I don't think there's genuinely a single one that I watch because a, I, I don't have cable and I haven't had cable for over a decade. Yeah. Uh, at this point, you're close to a decade, I guess. So I don't have ESPN. So I don't search out for PTI or Around the Horn if it's still around. I'm sure mm, it is. It is. Uh, the jump, I'd see clips from every once and again, but it was fine. I mean, mm. Paul Pierce saying he left because he wasn't a good fit is a fucking lie. <laughs> I mean, he put strippers up on Instagram at a party he's having, which, look, he's an adult. And yeah. it's a perfectly fine and legal thing to do. Can do what he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you work for Disney. Yeah. So the next day, that coupled with the the <clears throat> massive, uh, you know, weed growing company that he has, and I'm guessing Disney was just like, this isn't really aligning with our public, yeah. you know, persona anymore. Um, I'm they do have to talk about LeBron. Yes, it just LeBron moves the needle just like the Lakers do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an inevitable part of the current NBA landscape. Now that will change, not this year. Right. It's going to be the Lakers heavy again. I hope you're ready for that, Tim. <laughs> um, they've created a super team that's going to have trouble shooting from outside and playing defense, but I, they're still probably the team to beat in the West, which, which means yeah. you're going to get a boatload of Lakers and LeBron talk. Um, I can't wait for the – it's disrespectful LeBron's not top three player anymore or something be like, the dude's – is old as us. Mm-hmm. It's amazing he's even still in this conversation legitimately, not still. On, yeah, yeah, based on legacy and, and reputation. He's yeah. still an excellent player, but yeah, to say that he can carry a team like he did 10 years ago, just like, I'm sorry, but he can't. Mm-hmm. Um, he does take plays off. He just yeah. flat out does. There's nothing wrong with that. He's got a lot of fucking miles on his uh, odometer. He's got um, a bigger picture approach. Yeah. Yeah. And it's smart. I think it is. I, yeah. I'll be curious this year if they actually finally have a minutes limitation on him. He doesn't, you know, he's adopted the the Jordan stance of, um, I want to play every game because yeah. it could be that one person's only time to see me. Right. And I don't know that that was his stance for the longest time, but it's been what he's been saying for the past few years. Yeah. Um, which is good. It's smart. There, there are some people and some kids that this is their only opportunity to see him. Yeah, true. Very true. Um, so I do like that. Uh, but as far as current, I mean, what currently do you watch? Uh, uh, I rarely watch anything currently. Um, I mean, I watch the NBA countdown um, guys on uh, on the NBA channel. I watch okay. those guys after the game because I – but, dude, I mean, the thing I have – some the problem I have sometimes is some of these guys – they're former players, but they come on and all they do is like, oh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that kind of crap. Just break it down. I want analysis. I And, I, you know, Charles and Chuck, I'm sorry, Chuck and Shaq and Kenny and er- Ernie are a nice combo, but I rarely get a lot of information from those four guys. Yeah. Um, Kenny is the only one really giving me some he's, semblance. He's the only one trying. Yeah, exactly. He's some semblance of analysis. Shaq and, and Charles are just sitting out in the backyard shooting the shit about a game while they're watching it, which is which works for people. And I totally get it. And sometimes I like it because it's a nice come down, especially from a tense playoff game. It's a nice come down to listen to those guys ball bust and have some fun. No problem at all. But, um, yeah, I mean, in the past, I used to watch what was the Ahmad Rashad show with Willow Bay. Oh, yeah. I used to watch that. That those were fun to watch just to get to know the players a little bit more and what have you. And yeah, I was into PTI. 
I recently watched PTI. It, I can't believe – talk about LeBron. I can't believe Kornheiser is still fucking going with that show. It's incredible. And Wilbon, they are definitely much older than I remember them being when I first started watching. So it's tough to watch sometimes. Um, when I'm watching college basketball, I used to enjoy Dick Vitale breaking things down. I thought he was great. Jay Billis is fantastic at breaking down college basketball. But when it goes into the NBA, I find it really hard. And most of the times, I think Matt's absolutely right. I'm reading analysis. I'm reading sham stuff. I'm reading Wojciechowski stuff i'm reading the ringer stuff i'm reading uh uh, stuff on the athletic the athletic is and i'm i've been three years now subscribed to the athletic and i Mm. pay every year i try to get the cheapest amount i pay every year but their analysis is fucking stellar in any sport so that's i think that's what's changed more than anything else is that the blow up of youtube and the blow up of online uh analysis with statistics like zach lowe another person i listened to his podcast and of course simmons of course but zach lowe really breaking it down and talking about the specifics. So things have changed because there was only a limited amount of uh, avenue for you to talk about basketball back then. Now, all kinds of avenues are available for you to do it from podcast to YouTube to, to uh, uh, online articles to anything you want. Even the 538 sometimes get into, gets into analyzing mm-hmm. the playoffs. So that to me is exciting. So it, it's good to see that, but um as far as some of my favorite, yeah, I liked when Dick Enberg would call the games. I love Marv, of course. Marv Albert was one of the greats now that yeah. he just retired to call the games. Um, I'm glad he did. Yeah, it was getting, yeah. The past like three, four, <laughs> five years, it's been, yeah. I mean. Yeah, we were sliding in the Jack Buck territory. Um, it was just so bad. It's like, oh, so-and-so for the play. And like, he's not even on this team, Marv. <laughs> I felt You feel bad for him, and you're like, you why is course. he on that and then him paired with Chris Weber, that was a one-two dud. Yeah, most of the former players, I think, should not be on. Color. Oh, Van Gundy. I listen. To, I like Van yeah. Gundy. I don't like Mark Jackson, but nope. I like Van Gundy. I think Jackson uh, sucks. Yeah, and uh, uh, Bre- Mike Breen. Mike Breen. Mike name? Breen yeah. and Van Gundy are great. Oh, they're great. I wish they would just call the games because yeah, I know Jackson's on there for color, and I mean analysis, not because he's black. He's in there for color. I get it. But I, I wish they'd get another color guy who'd give a little more life to the fucking game. Mark Jackson is just doing catchphrases most of the time. And it's it, and I don't mind that Gundy's controversial because his his controversy comes from knowledge. Like it's it's logical. Con- you can understand yeah. his controversy, which I appreciate. And if the game is dull, then he'll be he'll ask some random yeah. question just to spark a conversation that. The action's going so quickly that I can understand why some people would say, why are you doing this? Yeah. But it, I guess it keeps it interesting. Um, yeah, those two are my favorite yeah. on the call. There's yeah. a whole mix of others that I thoroughly enjoy uh, as well. Oh, Doris Burke. Should, I should mention Doris Burke. Yeah. I love Doris Burke. I love her um, interviews and I love her analysis. And when she calls the games, I dig when she calls the games. So, yeah. Um, I'm trying to th- like, yeah, I mean, it's all... Online. I second the athletic. I think that's an excellent one. Dude. So if you're into sports and want to get into have, you know, read an in depth about all, you know, a topic sometimes that you know nothing of, mm-hmm. they've got great breakdowns. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm mad Grantland left, man. I mean, Grantland was so fucking good, Matt. And Ringer has never come close to being Grantland. It never has. Grantland had some of the best stuff you could read. And when ESPN killed it and Simmons tried to do ringer, it never fully is never fully going to capture that. The athletic kind of fills the holes in that the ringer doesn't. Or you could just go with the athletic if you wanted a really analytical approach. You rarely get columns that are about, you know, opinion. It's really fact-based approach to the games, which I appreciate. 
Yeah, I would imagine just Ringer follows whatever trends are currently working. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what the people oh, want. So you're just course, trying to appeal to individuals and draw them into your website. Yeah. Uh, I rarely, if ever, read the Ringer. <laughs> it's fine. I just, I, yeah, I've listened to and read enough that I'm pretty sure I have a solid footing on what I think most of the guys' opinions are going to be. Right. Good point. Um, That's a good and point. I've, I rarely, I rarely find it illuminating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where you can find, uh, you know, others. Howard Beck used to do a podcast mm-hmm. that I loved. And then he's was he's now no longer with the company he was with, so I don't know if he's doing it anymore. But mm. one of my favorite things he would do every year is he'd sit down with the schedule makers and talk about how they arrived at making the schedule. Wow, really? Yeah, it's just it's an interesting little that is awesome. I have never thought about that. Okay, yeah. how do you schedule these games? What what goes into the factoring of right. who gets what, and how many back to backs, and all that? It's just a discussion of, and then you have to take into account you know, pre-existing contracts that all these arenas have with concerts coming in, or if mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. more than one, like the staples, more than one team is using this, who gets priority. Right. Uh, and trying to factor it all in. It's like, Oh, this is really interesting. It's the kind of thing that I never would have gotten when I was younger. Yeah. Um, that's what I look forward to now. But yeah, I think of the watching actually is uh, TNT's. Yeah. That's it. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that you actually watch. Yeah, that I actually watch just because yeah. it's going to be on before the games. Mm-hmm. And I don't stay tuned after the game because I already know my opinion. So I yeah. don't need their opinion to help flesh out mine. So like, I, I watch the game. I, uh, you know, right. know what I saw. Right, right. Uh, but they're purely for entertainment. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get much no. out of understanding the game. Although I will say the pre-show with Candace Parker, I think Candace Parker is great. And I think she is a once she gets out of the WNBA and she's done, there's a real possibility she leads a show analyzing stuff. But she is so on top of it. Um, even and and I think she outdoes Wade or Charles or Shaq or whenever she's done one of those people, she really breaks the thing down. You know, we used to do a good job. Who was that fucking Tim Legler? I thought Legler did oh, a Legs, nice job. Yeah, right. Legs did a nice job when he was talking about uh, the, the 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 NBA and breaking things down. I really enjoyed him. But yeah, it's amazing how fast the landscape has changed, brother. It's it's crazy. No, but I mean, if we if you want to get uh, for sports time, Sage Steel might be available sometimes. Oh, no fucking get, thanks. No fucking. You probably get Sage Steel. Uh, I mean, she's on hiatus right now. I'll tell you this right now: if I was Rachel Nichols, I would be calling Sage Steel right now, and I'd be like, "Let's go fucking do our own show on Fox or someplace else, and let's go." We both got kind of like railroaded by ESPN in different ways. You have a different opinion than I do. This would sell. Yeah, and maybe if, it could be a modern PTI. That's what I'm saying. It would fucking sell because they're both controversial. They're both opinionated. You can hate them both or like one or the other or both. And I think that works as a combustible electric situation. I don't know what her relationship is with Sage, but I would 100% make that I'm call right now. Pretty sure Sage is is roundly disliked. Yeah, from what I understand, yes, a lot of people think that she's a bit of a diva, yeah. and and I mean that, it, and that can apply male or female, right? Just because she's a woman doesn't mean she's somehow yeah, like, immune from criticism. She can anybody in television or movies, yeah, you can anybody, call a diva, exactly. exactly. Call uh, kids divas for God's sake, yeah, yeah. Since her and Simmons had their, uh, you know, oh, that's right, dust up <laughs> in the playoffs years ago, I've always been like, nah, I don't know about because. Yeah. I can understand her being upset in the moment, but at the same time, 
you're the fourth banana technically on this show. And yeah, no one's reality, watching for Sage Steel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. interchangeable with anybody. Everybody right. else on here is a draw on some level. Right. Um, you know, you had Doug Collins, Jalen Rose, and then Simmons. It's just like mm-hmm. the three of them are the names. You are the fourth person that they could have plugged anybody into, really. Right. And if you and if you don't think you are, why don't you start your own show on ESPN by yourself yeah. and see what see the how ratings you do. are. See what the ratings are. Yeah, exactly. The, the, that's the test. That's always the test, you know. So yeah, I mean, just I, it, it was bound to happen because she kept pushing the boundaries of the last few years more and more and more. And I think it's phenomenal that they let go of Jamel Hill for one thing and they let Sage say all kinds of madness. Um, but it's weird. It's oh, it's just so weird. Like they say, don't it's be also, political. And it's like, well, here she is becoming political. What the fuck? So, uh, yeah. And uh, well, it's also a slightly different political climate. Yeah. Everything. And. It's a sitting president versus a former president. Right. And, you know, there's a a lot that goes into the decision making here. (laughs) Um, Plus, they've already had so much controversy. They might be trying to mitigate a little bit of controversy. I I don't know. I would. Uh, Yeah, I would, dude, because it's like so it's they're. I don't know where they're at right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Are they doing good? I mean, if they can pay Stephen A six million, they must be doing good. Well, except. His show without Max now is tanking. Of course. Um, of course. Because so. Max offered a great alternative, Stephen A. If he was smart, he'd have understood that. But being embarrassed because of his ego, he fucked that show up. Wow. Dumb. But Stephen A to me was never, it's purely entertainment. If you're coming to Stephen A for information, you're in the wrong place because there's no way this guy can watch. Now, for basketball, like he was on the basketball beat in Philly. Yeah, uh, he's plugged in and yeah. knows a bunch of the players. So there I'm more, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to trust him a little bit more in that arena than I would others. But even still, it's like there's no way you're watching all these games mm-hmm. on top of all the other th- opinions you're supposed to have on all these other sports. So your time can only be divided so many times. Right. It's a good. Point. Um, yeah. So he was purely for entertainment, but Max was a good counterpart to him. We kept him in. A, he kept him. I don't want to say they kept him. In his, I don't mean that. I mean, I mean that like he was so good at countering a lot. He of would work. check him. Yeah, yeah, which that's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. He would check him, and it was great. And he wouldn't check him with bullshit. He would check him with legitimate yeah. facts. I mean, look, Max was prone to his over the top hyperbolic. Of course, as well. But it's the that's the, the art of the arena. medium. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you need to have those stupid big takes because that will drive clicks and everything else the day after. Right. Can you believe so-and-so said this? Well, now we're having, it's like when Perk puts out his, you know, top five power forwards of all time. And then on the fifth one, he throws in somebody that is nowhere near this conversation. And then it's like, don't at me. Be like, the whole point of this is to get people pissed off and talking. and To at you. Yes. Yeah. To at you. to, To bring you this conversation. It's like, that's the entire reason for all of this. Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> Even ridiculous. if you didn't put a ridiculous, you know, number five in there, the whole reason is to have to spark conversation and be the center of attention. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, Perk, uh, I, you're not tuning in for Perk's analysis. You're trying to tune in for Perk's personality, his takes, his, yeah. uh, you know, of that just... next generation, I guess maybe uh, uh, Richard Jefferson, Perhaps is oh, a little yeah. bit more grounded in reality. I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but most of those guys, I I take their opinion with a grain of salt. Like Paul Pierce, just like 
when he was on there. I'm I'm sorry. No, no. it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. Is that, like Dennis Scott, Nick, I think, is it Nick Anderson, Dennis Scott? I think they do stuff over there on the NBA TV show sometimes. And they're cool. And I don't like the, I don't like the young shows. God damn. I, and it's not about being old. Let me tell you something. It's not about fucking being old. I watch young stuff all the time and enjoy it. But like watching these guys, who are the dudes, the five guys who were on, I forget the name of those guys and they were the contenders or whatever. And I watched it and I was like, this all oh, the starters, the starters. I watched that shit. And I was this, I'm getting nothing from this. Oh no, I, it's all fluff. It is yeah, all fluff. It was ridiculous. I, I don't want to watch five fucking dudes in a college dorm living room talking shit. I mean, it's a fuck what they have. I was just like, how do these guys have a show? Cause I'm watching this going, this is just, this is, well, they, uh, they started off as a podcast and the yes. podcast got big enough that eventually they got hired by NBA TV and, yeah. Uh I think it was TNT for a while. Yeah. And I'm not remember. sure who they're with now. I mean, people would ask me, "Oh, what are some other good podcasts to listen to?" It's like, "Well, if you're getting into the sport, listen to the starters because it gives you a good like they at least bounce around the association." Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, if you want in-depth discussion, it's never going to happen. No. True. Very Although they do know their stuff, they just choose not to get into the weeds. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I didn't say that they didn't. Right, I'm gonna clarify this. I didn't say they don't know their stuff. That's the. I don't go to fluff anymore. I want analysis. Yeah, I don't. It's gonna help me watch the game more, catch the trends. You know. Yeah, exactly. Or figure out. God, this hat will not stay straight. You all right? Oh. Uh, it just keeps. <laughs> it's one of those you don't notice how a hat is crooked or you formed it the wrong way until you keep seeing it over and over again. You're like, oh, it's fucked. <laughs> Um, I have the same issue with the cowboy hat sometimes. I'm like, why the fuck is it askew? Why the fuck can I on the camera? I can't. Oh, well, dude, it's hung up now. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Almost, almost, almost. Yeah, you got to um, give me my damn match. It's spectacular. Um, is it going to ride off into the sunset or anything? Does he have anything special set up? I don't know. He better all, give me my of, match. It's all a mystery. It's all a mystery. He still won't. He still won't respond to my requests for a match. At Schmodown Spectacular. I get that he's got a New York event he's worried about, but fucking hell, I'm the outlaw. Did you? you so you're saying publicly you have demanded this and there's been no public response? There's been no public response. Ah, I okay. called him out for two hours on my show. <laughs> so, okay, Perk. Okay. You know what? Don't you dare. Yeah, Don't just you saying. dare. Uh, I, called I him accomplished out for two more hours. in my league than Perk ever did in his. Don't I could just. Remotely. Okay, well, that's yeah, that's a bunch of ho- horse shit. You know no, it. it isn't. Show me Perk's four titles. Did you uh, perform live for 14,000 people a night for I 82 could. nights a year? And I could. Playoffs on top of that? All I'm saying is I perfor- I won more in my league than he did in his. That's all I'm saying. So I am not Perk. Uh, you can give me Weber, but not Perk. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Why, really- Weber didn't win anything? He did my heart. He won my heart. Um, I, I don't think he should have been in the Hall of Fame. You're Fucking insane! Don't well, get me because you on this. because you can pull in the college years. Yes, I think it's impossible to deny at that point. Not even I don't even need the college years. He deserves to be in the Hall. Uh, I think he's borderline. I think the NBA. I mean, if we just go strictly on NBA, I think a bunch of dudes should not be in that are in. Oh, that's fair. Um, to say he had he had Hall of Fame potential, and he should have gone down as of, of generational talent. And I think what about Juwan? Do you think Juwan should have gotten in the Hall of Fame? No. Okay. Bosch? I think he is borderline. Wow. I mean, Crazy. look, he, 
people want to point at like all the all-star appearances, hey, rightly so. But for a, quite a few of those, he was on Toronto and that team was mediocre or, you know, average. And mm-hmm. he's the best player hands down. It's like, okay, okay well, he's going to get votes. Um, okay. That's also back when fan voting was a hundred percent of, so he, you know, has a whole country of Canada behind him. What about uh, Rodman? I would say yes. You do think he deserves to be in. Uh, he's got five championships. He does. And he was integral. He wasn't like he, Robin and, Ori. Yeah, yeah. Integral. And um, I think defensively, he was a monster. He mm-hmm. turned rebounding into an art form. Yes. Um, I think that, just like the he had distinct, memorable attributes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Ben Wallace, I am unsure of as to whether or not he should be a hall of famer i don't think he should be a hall of famer i think he is borderline yeah i think of of the detroit pistons that won that championship i think chauncey has the best case chauncey absolutely a thousand percent um i'd rather have sheed in over all of them oh shady i don't think sheed is making it in the hall no too much controversy Uh, i just don't think he has the resume i think they'd love to have him what about Bill Walton? A lot of people feel like Bill Walton shouldn't be in. Well, once you factor in college, it doesn't matter. It's done. That's true. If you just go with NBA, it's like what? Uh, he's got the MVP. He's got a six-man when he was on the Celtics. Right. And then... Uh, what, one or two titles? Because he won with the... Bucks. Yeah, he won Portland and with... Uh, and with Boston. And with Boston. Right. Um, but I think if you just go straight NBA, I think... I don't think so. Because he was hurt so much. I feel like they shouldn't factor in college because it's like there is a college fam- hall of fame already. So if you've done enough in college, you'll win that one or you'll get into that one. But the NBA should, it's called the NBA hall of fame, not the NBA. Oh no, it's called the basketball hall of fame. Oh, that's right. It's called the basketball. That's why college and international play factors in. So when people are like, well, man who make it in and it's like, man who is a guaranteed oh, yeah. hall of famer Absolutely. because he won a gold. Um, So you factor that in with all the Spurs stuff. It's just like, that's, it's over. There's no discussion here. Tony Parker, I'll be intrigued, but my guess is he makes it in. You think T-Mac deserves a man? I think he's borderline. Yeah. I think he's got a better case in my head than Chris Webber. How dare you? Um, I mean, Chris Webber got out of the first round, dude. Yeah, but he had better teams surrounding him than T-Mac usually did. Weber drag. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Those Kings teams I don't were pretty get legit. They were. They were. And fucking Donaghy screwed us. I was, dude. They were winning the championship that year. That year. I don't care what anybody says. They were going to win the title. Very well. Fucking Donaghy. Mitch Richmond. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Um, but that's just strictly NBA. Yeah. Right. Strictly NBA. Um. Ralph Sampson? I, I don't know about anybody that really predates my time of actively watching. I have to take it on the authority of those that watch. George Mikan. <laughs> George Mikan is a no-brainer. Yes. George Mikan's going to make the 75 anniversary team. <laughs> he kind of has to. Bill Russell. <laughs> Bill Russell, yes. Unassailable. But you get into some of the other guys and be like, I didn't watch them play. I only know yeah. the reputation. Like, Dino Raja, Drazen Petrovic's. There's a lot of numbers. It's an interesting uh, st- stable of European players that have gotten in 
that could be an interesting conversation for sure if you look at stats and timing. Um, <laughs> all right. I don't know if we have time for another question, but it's 28 minutes right now. It's up to you. What do you do? You want to do one more real quick, or do you want to? Yeah, let's do one more real quick. All right. Go ahead, brother. All right. This comes from Luke Allison. It says, Luke. Greetings, John and Matt. My sincere apologies for giving you a homework assignment a few weeks ago. <laughs> this was like a month ago. That's right. I remember that. So I'll try to make this. Oh, we'll come back to this because it's another NBA question. Oh, it is. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. This oh. one comes from uh, Nicholas Baldwin. It says, Hey, fellas. Hope you're all doing well. No, sorry. Uh, it didn't work out for Danny and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I have properly cited my source in my previous emails, I figure it's time to get back to my question. So before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say and why? Thank you both for all the great content and laughs from Top 10, STS, and the nation. Stay nice. safe and be well. Have mm-hmm. you ever rehearsed a phone call? Oh, yeah. Yes. When I was younger. Yes, not now, but when I was younger, sure, if I was calling a girl that I was really interested in, oh, yeah, I, I would make notes by the phone so that I would remember what I wanted to ask or what subjects she was into from previous conversations. So I would find my way to organically weave that into the conversation, sometimes not organically. I'm still fumbling around like a young punk would. Mm-hmm. Um or in a job interview, certainly if I was having an interview over the phone to get an interview, or sorry, have a pre-interview over the phone to get an interview, absolutely, I would write down the things that I would need to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I've done that, rehearsed it. I've rehearsed uh, going into a conversation uh, in the mirror before I had a conversation with somebody, whether it was a dating situation, a breakup, or a friend thing. I would absolutely rehearse in the mirror like what I wanted to say. So yeah. Yeah, I, I mean the the job one. Yeah, makes sense because you need to be prepared for what potential questions may come your way, so you totally. have a cogent and coherent answer that yes. makes you look very professional. You know, you're putting your fake face out there of like, "This is me. I'm always amazing." Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I I've done it. I remember once the last time. Not the last time, but the the first thing that jumped to mind. Um, so back when I used to drink, mm-hmm. I hooked up with this girl who was smoking hot. Okay. And I was, you know, out of shape, 25 pounds heavier than I am now. Uh, and we got drunk and we hooked <laughs> up and she was like, we should, we should hang out sometime. But I had drunk confidence. So I tried that when I went to call her like a couple of days later, I mm. went had of a course. script in my head yeah. and then I started into it and she's yeah. literally stopped me and she's like I feel like you rehearsed this <laughs> and I was like what no sorry I'm just uh, and I started uh. to fumble my way because <laughs> she called me on it I mean I had no business hooking up with this girl yeah uh given the shape and state of my life at that point so I was just like I can't believe I can't believe that happened I can't believe she wants to do it again I was so excited uh it did happen again, but I still remember that fucking phone call and her calling me out on it. Um, but yeah, I think it's smart to kind of be prepared for specific situations that you brought up, like, you know, a job interview or yeah, um, going into if you have some sort of important meeting to factor in all the things that you may get asked. Yeah. So that way you don't look like you're stumbling for an answer. Yeah. I mean, when I interviewed... Uh, Angela Bassett um, for the transform for Bumblebee before Bumblebee. That was a phone interview. 
So for something like that, I definitely wrote out. Do you know well, what I'm course. saying? Of course. You want to rehearse. I, I wrote my opening paragraph that I wanted to make sure I said um, to open the conversation so that she understood that I'm like have a little bit of knowledge of her as an actress and as a person in her life. So that's important. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but most of the professionalism. Time, yeah. Right. And most of the time now it's just like, I'm pretty, you know, relaxed and been doing this like 10,000 hours and shit. So I can roll with anything as, as it's presented to me, but like, um, so I don't know if I prepare a phone call now. Do you know what I'm saying? So, um, but depends. Could be if ESPN ever called, I'm sure I'd fucking prepare that phone call. <laughs> yeah, for a situation like that where it has stakes for you, it only really makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Let's end there. That sounds good, right? Yep. All right. Thank you, Nicholas Baldwin. And uh, thank you to Tim Williams, Team Williams, uh, for sending that in. And Luke, we'll get to your question next time around. But uh, thanks to everybody who is a patron of the top 10. We appreciate it madly. All that you can do to support us. It means a lot. Some of you reached out and said how you can give more. We'll have to figure that out. Matt and I have been discussing it. So for those of you who want to support us even more at higher levels, we'll have to figure out if there's benefits. If some of you don't care if there's benefits, then maybe we can just create an extra tier at a certain level for people and just say, Hey, this is uh, for anybody who wants to donate at this level. You can, we'll see Uh, Matt, anything else, anything we should say here? Um, just follow the show on Twitter at top 10 show and on Instagram and YouTube, it is forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. So please hit us up on those. We'd love to hear your thoughts and thank you to everybody that supports us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 and uh, follow me at Matt Nost. Yeah, and follow me at the Roca says, and we'll talk to you next time for another brand new episode of topic thunder. Thunder.